This couple had been together 27 years. They have wedding rings to prove their commitment and devotion. They work, play, pay taxes, live in the country, and have a wide circle of friends. Before October 6th of last year, they could not share a retirement plan. They could not be covered together with health care. They still had to be very careful what they said in public. They didn't rush out to tie the knot when same-sex marriage became legal in Oklahoma, but now that several appalling bills to legalize same-sex discrimination have been introduced in Oklahoma's legislature, they and many other gay and transgendered couples I know have gotten extremely nervous. This window of freedom and opportunity may not be open for long. They first called up a chaplain who hung up on them. Discouraged, they didn't make another call for a couple of months. But they're friends with a hope member who said, our church completely supports same-sex marriage. Call our minister. They did. And I'm delighted to have the support of my church and the legal authority to say, it will be an honor to perform your wedding on Valentine's Day. So yesterday, Saturday, February 14th, Bob and Alan were married here at Hope Church in a small ceremony. It was going to be in my office, but oh my God, it was 70 degrees. So we were outside and it was glorious. So this opportunity to wed a committed couple was such a joy, and I wanted to share it with you. It is a milestone for the church. I'm guessing Hope Ministers before me performed the code was unions, but since same-sex marriage is now legal in the state, this was a first for Hope, one of many, I trust. Bob and Ellen's lives have been changed thanks to this open-hearted, justice-loving congregation. We are willing to walk alongside them and others that our community has chosen to, well, losing my... We're walking alongside them, and they've had to suffer up to this point. And we cannot remind ourselves too often that Hope Church is a lifesaver. In a nutshell, Hope Church forms itself around a covenant joining together people of different backgrounds and beliefs and experiences to live, work, and serve together in love. That's my elevator speech for today. And our message of salvation, lest we think we are just a beautiful building on a hill, we have essential ideas and values to share with the world. We are a church bound together by a simple 
but demanding promise to keep love as the spirit guiding all our actions. This is a grand ideal, and it's our essence. Yet, we fail over and over again to live up to it. So, we are at our best when failure is seen as a normal part of these grand ideas. We understand blind spots and mistakes are a natural part of our work together. This majestic acceptance of reality, reality's messiness, and of humanity's imperfect ways is key to our whole religious tradition. We support the gathering of knowledge from both successes and failures, good mistakes. We're willing to live in the questions, knowing behind every question is another question. Nothing is ever static or pinned down. We promise to celebrate with and suffer with each other as we navigate our lives together. As my favorite theologian says, James Luther Adams, and you've heard me say this before, church is the place where you get to practice being human. It's a practice. I'm talking this morning about the critical importance of hope, thriving, as you describe and dream what you want to become. Having the support to officiate Bob and Alan's wedding is, the, is only the latest public example of hope's value to our community. Our life-saving messages transform each one of us and the city beyond day after day, year after year. So talking frankly face-to-face with each other as some of you did at 10 o'clock this morning, and at a question-and-answer session we had a few weeks back is what a church should be doing on a regular basis. And it's also the start of a process to call me as your minister. Every healthy Unitarian Universalist church goes through certain steps before considering if they want a minister. That's the first one. And what person, if they do want a minister, would be a good fit. And to begin that process, each church honestly takes stock of itself, using every means possible to include input from the whole congregation, from those that are three to those that make it to 103. They turn to outside support, a set of unbiased, experienced eyes, to steer them through possible pitfalls of this process. It's hard to look at yourself and be honest, you know? So Coma McGinley and her transition team are the HOPE members guiding you through this necessary self-examination. So give them all the support and feedback you can. They are working to adapt the typical search process designed to bring in a new minister from the outside. But since you and I already know each other, They have to assist you in stepping back 
to get a broader view, a bigger picture. They are creating events to make the time and the space for honest conversations about what you value and what you want Hope Church to be. It's tempting to jump straight to calling me. I join you in being an impatient American. We want it now. Especially since the bonds, the strong bonds of love already exist between us. But that skips over the most important pressing question. What is church? What are you doing here? What do you want this church to become? When I first arrived here a year and a half ago, I stepped into a swiftly flowing stream of theological discussions. And much of the talk focused on Hope's identity, what prevailing theology and ethics had served and still should serve the congregation. And these concerns remain alive today. They're important. And I expect you to keep talking about them. I expect you to keep living in that question. Yet, at times, these theological declarations serve as dragon scales, protecting deeper, more private feelings and fears. They can become boundaries, creating sharp divisions and us-versus-them scheme. Theology can become talking points and identifiers. Barriers to really getting to know one another and to working together. As for me, I am less concerned about theology. I'm much more interested in hopes Ecclesiology, one of those seminary words, in Hope's understanding of what it means to be a church. Of course, the two are related, but theology often gets top billing here. And it should be the other way around. Community trumps the belief system. Community shapes belief. Healthy relationships are more valuable than clinging to a single version of right. Hope is a congregation held together by covenant, and this covenant directs us how to welcome the stranger, the lonely, the different, as well as the familiar. And it stresses the importance of getting to know others and letting them get to know you. The covenant demands a willingness to constantly grow in your hearts and minds. And the covenant is a tool for slowly casting aside dragon scales, carefully peeling away layers of self-justification and delusion. So we gather to gently help each other and help ourselves. And it can be painful to discover the newest tender layers beneath. 
can be joyous to reveal the real person previously hidden. Peeling away scales means being vulnerable, showing the tender, more hidden parts of ourselves to each other. The job takes empathy and compassion and time. It takes time because it requires the willingness to listen without judgment to one another. It demands honesty and integrity while showing yourself. A church hope size facilitates this work of honestly talking to each other. And at the same time, a church hope size can create the illusion that we know each other when merely we're good acquaintances. Church is one of our remaining public institutions where the art of listening to each other about matters of ultimate concern is possible. Our religious democratic church structure requires us to fully hear what another thinks about an issue, and that's a radical departure from our country's polarizing form of democracy. Combative, shallow shouting matches masquerade as conversations today. We aren't familiar with removing our scales and exposing ourselves to one another. I want to be part of a church community that practices not talking past each other. I want to be part of a church learning to listen not only for facts, but for feelings. The tender but true places beneath the surface. I want to be part of a church noticing what is not said, who is not at the table. I want to be part of a community willing to learn the discipline of honest conversation. I want to be part of a church where hospitality and curiosity about each other inform everything the church does. I want to be part of a church where one-on-one conversations allow a friendly emptiness where strangers can enter and discover themselves. I want to be part of a church trying to be real and loving at the same time. This effort at profound and intimate hospitality impacts every single thing Hope does as a church. It will direct theological concerns, social justice efforts, self-care. Inevitably, getting to know each other leads to discovering how much you have in common, exchanging experiences and hopes across generational, generational, racial, gender, cultural, height, all those differences. And it happens by becoming genuinely acquainted beyond the coffee hour. This church has deep and wide resources in its elders. They have much to teach from lives fully lived as well as 
from their stamina to keep living when the end seems in sight, when body parts are unreliable, and when the mind can play great tricks. Their longer view is extremely helpful in being less anxious about the present. At the same time, our children and younger adults are living and adapting to an ever-changing world. My young adult daughter is constantly telling me she and her friends do not use the internet the same way I do, Mom. (laughs) It's different for me. And she's absolutely right. I'm a fool if I don't pay attention to her native wisdom, her native technological, fast-paced wisdom. Hope doesn't need young families just to improve our demographics or fill out the board and committees, but hope needs them to teach the whole church how to be healthy, covenanted, in this new, rapidly changing society. They have native wisdom to share. So deciding if and who to call as your minister begins with removing scales to have sincere conversations, to listen to the young and the old, to make it safe, to practice being human. For me, that's what a church is. So my performing Bob and Alan's marriage ceremony on on Hope's behalf is not born out of my theology but out of my ecclesiology. While many religions try to make same-sex marriage an issue of God, I understand it in terms of covenant, in terms of relationship. When two people have spent almost three decades removing hardened scales in their hearts to find enduring love and understanding underneath, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't we support that marriage now that our state and nation are catching on. They promise to be together, working to maintain relationship. And their commitment is the same Hope Church promises each Sunday, and by extension, every day of the week in between. Our covenant comes alive when we let down our guards, release our egos to really listen to each other, Remove the scales, find what's common and the love underneath, and live in the questions. May it be so.